0: Welcome back to SEMA's podcast, y'all ready for this, where we talk about all things emergency preparedness to help you and your family get ready for any type of natural or man-made disaster right here in Chatham County. This week we are joined again by the powerhouse, the American Red Cross, and the wonderful Bob Sheldon. Bob, thanks for being here.
1: You're welcome. Hello everybody.
0: He is thrilled, believe it or not. He's thrilled to be here, very excited. (laughs) And we are going to be talking about something a little bit different today. We're going to be talking about what happens after a disaster when it comes to mass feeding. And we'll break down what that means and why it's important for us to have a conversation about it now. In addition to Bob, we have Seth Sawyer, SEMA's lead planner here, who heads up our mass feeding task force. Seth, thanks for joining today. You bet. So Seth, like I said, is the lead of the mass feeding task force. So this is kind of his, pun completely intended, bread and butter. Um, so he is going to help guide us through some of these questions and keep the conversation flowing. So for the purposes of our conversation today and of this entire episode, let's pretend and knock on every piece of wood that I have in my office. But let's pretend that there is a hurricane that's impacted Chatham County. We have homes that have been destroyed or damaged in some capacity, and we are now reentering back into Chatham County during phase four. Now, the Red Cross has a shelter open. We're not talking about sheltering today. If you want to know more about sheltering, go back and listen to all three of us, like last time in episode 22, where we're talking about sheltering. But we are going to say in this, in this episode, shelters are open. We're in phase four of reentry, which means everybody's coming back in that lives in the community. And we know that feeding is going to be absolutely necessary because power is out and we've got some potential destruction in our community. So let's get started, Bob, with this first question. How is food prepared by the American Red Cross? And how in the world do you decide what to make for people that have experienced disaster?
1: Well, we uh, we use several different ways. Um, we use partners a lot. A lot, of our, a lot of our food may come from large caterers that we set up a contract with. Could be in the area, could be outside the area. We use partners like um, the Southern Baptists. They may bring in one of their portable kitchens and cook for us, and then we distribute. Uh, We we use the Salvation Army, where they may cook for us uh, and us distribute, or they may cook and distribute themselves under a cross plan with us in in the area. some areas that it's real bad, uh, very quickly we may distribute uh, MREs or meals ready to eat, which need no cooking um, to get food out. We also, in some cases, uh, will give out food boxes, which, if people have power but the infrastructure is down in some cases, um, we would distribute food that they could cook at their. At their own place, but all our food is is maintained and handled by um, people that are qualified with the uh, health departments, and um, uh, all of our caterers and all of our our partners are all qualified for food safety. And what? How do we decide what to feed? Uh, In reality, we feed what can be cooked in large groups, um, in large masses. Um, We don't have a extended, you're not gonna get lobster and steak. You will get a certain amount of calories per day. Um, We will cook, everybody gets the same. If we know of people that are special food groups, um, we will try to uh, say in a shelter, We will try to accommodate them. That is a little harder when we're distributing food out into the neighborhood. But our our food, our meal, let me put it that way, would have something that I think everybody could eat. Um, It will have vegetables. If you happen to be a a non-meat eater, it will have protein. Um, It will have... um, some kind of dessert it may be oreos or something like that but there'll be uh and and we try to uh include some kind of uh, bread or or roll so we try to give you um even if you are you don't eat one particular thing we give you enough to to eat on the other and if you um come to one of our locations and you say i'm a vegan or i'm a non-meat eater can i just have the vegetables yeah we'll load you up with the vegetables and and go from there um most of our food is uh and i will tell you it will be bland because we do not um we don't um put a lot of spices in our food because of people that can't deal with spices uh you will get a little pack that'll have salt and pepper and that kind of stuff so you can do your own, but we can't cook food with a lot of salt because there are a lot of people that can't can't use salt. So we're trying to cover everybody that we can, um, as as well as being able to get it out in an efficient matter of cooking it in large
0: quantities.
1: That's how we decide what you're going to eat.
0: I like it. So make sure listeners bring your salt, bring your pepper, bring your Mrs. Dash. Um, it might need it that's that's what Bob said. your your tabasco
1: sauce that works too
0: I like it so Bob how does the red cross deliver food to the community
1: well there'll be a lot of different ways if we have a shelter open we will provide food in the shelter Um, it may be that people around the area can come to the shelter even if they're staying in their house can come to the shelter and eat a meal we may have a An eating location set up near one of our kitchens where we are are cooking where people in the neighborhood could come and either pick up um, a boxed meal or or uh, eat at that location. Uh, When we are out in the um, when there's a large disaster and we are out in the area we will use what's called our ERS or emergency response vehicles and everybody's probably seen those on the on news shots. They look a lot like an ambulance, but they will drive down the roads and uh, stop at houses and, or if people walk out and serve a meal there. We serve a meal out of out the vehicles. Uh, we may have um, locations that, uh, say, a faith-based group may come and get a large amount of meals from us to take back into their a church or something if they're running a a, well I mean basically we will distribute uh, meals any way that we need to distribute them uh, to get them out to the people we've done it by helicopter we've done it by motorcycle we've done it by boat Um, so basically any way that we need to get a meal uh, to the people we'll use whatever we need
0: to I love that you just said helicopter boat and motorcycle that's pretty incredible Uh, So how do you determine where the need is and where you guys ultimately need to take your food delivery services?
1: a lot of that will be done uh, in conjunction with whatever, uh, like your group, the local uh, EMAs. Uh, It could be done with local fire departments or police. We look at an area as damage, how the area has been, been impacted, whether they're infrastructure is down whether they have power whether they have grocery stores open whether they have restaurants open um, and we go to the areas that would be I guess uh, the greatest need um, we will um, it may take us a little bit to get all of our equipment in especially on something like a hurricane and I will I will say that we do feed and things other than hurricanes I mean we do a tornado or a evacuation or something like that it's not you don't always have to have a hurricane to to pull this stuff out it would just be on a smaller scale but we would go into the areas that um now if an area is totally destroyed and nobody has a house we probably will not go into that area but if a house if we have areas that houses have been damaged and people are working on them or staying in there, then we'll drive down the streets and um, uh, try to get them a meal. We always, like I said, we always will serve in our shelters. Uh, we normally will serve at um, our kitchen locations, uh, depending on how safe that is for people to get to us. So basically it is, it is based on need. I mean, it's based on who has the greatest need uh, who has no ability to prepare their own meal or get their own meal or even pay for their own meal, uh, even though that's, you know, your, your um, social economic group doesn't really matter to us. We feed everybody. Um, so most of it is based on need and the damage of the area. Um, if you're in an area that's got restaurants and power and um, uh, food, then you don't need us as much as the people that don't. So that's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it is a constantly changing area. We will go from one area to another, or we will stop in one as the power comes back and, and move to another. Um, so it changes during the whole disaster um, as to where we are.
0: So on a typical disaster operation, how often are your food vehicles in the community? Is it like a breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or is it only certain times?
1: Well, again, that will depend on the damage. It will also depend on how quickly we have been able to get our material there. A hurricane, uh, where we've had some time planning, um, normally we will be there a little quicker, Or something like a tornado. Uh, comes through, maybe uh, take us a while to to get some equipment there. We very rarely will do breakfast um, because of the amount of time it takes us to prepare meals and distribute them. Um, That's usually just, um, uh, and and also personnel, it's usually just not um, able for us to do. We will try our best to get uh, two times a day into an area, lunch and dinner. Uh, That lunch may run anywhere from say 10.30 in the morning till two o'clock in the afternoon and dinner may run anywhere from um, four o'clock in the afternoon till seven o'clock at night. Now, when I say that, that's the whole area. If we are on your street, say we're on uh, Seth Sawyer's house at Oak Street, and we come by there today for lunch at 1130, and we come by for dinner at six o'clock, we're going to do our best to come by at that time every day so that you know, you know, give or take 15 minutes so that you know that you don't have to wait there from 1030 in the morning until two o'clock in the afternoon to not miss lunch or from whatever. So we will, we will time our meals and our routes so that we try to come through a particular spot in the area pretty much the same time every day. Now there may be disasters that are so big and so um, crushing on our resources that we come by and we give you one hot meal a day and an MRE, uh, meals ready to eat. So that you have two meals a day um, one of them is not going to be hot. We try to give two hot meals a day. If we can, but in large disasters, lunch may be a sandwich. Um, and then you know, sides with that. Um, it just really depends on how many people that we're having to supply and how much material um, resources we have in the area. As the disaster goes along, we'll get better um our partners will start sending stuff in uh we'll stop start stuff uh sending stuff in so um hopefully the the one meal a day or the or the meal in an mre you know it won't last too long and then we'll be into two into two hot meals a lot of it is going to depend on what the disaster is and it changes with every one i mean it's what i can't give you a set answer of exactly what we'd be able to do on every disaster and give you a hope i hope that i can give you two meals two hot meals a day i'm not going to say that i can guarantee that
0: yeah that makes sense it depends on the size and the scope of the disaster listeners i know that you've heard that a million times at this point and we're only 30 some podcasts in but it does it very well depends on the size and the scope of the disaster All right, so Bob, let's talk about how you guys pay for these meals. I mean, that's a lot of money that you guys are going to be shelling out. If someone that wasn't affected by the disaster has an interest in helping, is that something that you guys can, you know, handle?
1: Yeah, we can. um, uh, Normally, we're we're buying in large groups. We're buying from companies that we have set up uh, as partners in um, ahead of time um cisco happens to be one they they handle all the restaurants but during a disaster they'll come in and, and you know, supply our kitchens um so we buy in very large uh, quantities i mean a, a hurricane we may spend a, a couple of million bucks on food um or or less i mean you know or more the way people can help is the best way they can help is just to donate money to us all of our all of our money in the Red Cross is donated. Um, by the American the American people, we get no government money so um, it's not like the government's going to write us a check before a hurricane and, and say here um, spend this on uh, steak and lobsters like I said, but um, so. We pull it out of our, I mean, all of that comes out of our national headquarters and and people can donate uh, either uh, locally at their chapters or uh, the best thing for them to do would be to donate through 1-800-RED-CROSS. That's our standard line uh, that stays open all year long, uh, help and donations, but but that's the way it is. Most of, most of it is, is uh, well, all the money is donated uh, the way we pay for it is we have accounts with whoever we're using with, and we just run it and then pay them, you know, um, with a giant credit card.
0: So. <laughs> I imagine just a giant, like a you know the big checks that you have with the president. Yeah, yeah. It's just like
1: a yeah, giant credit like, card. It's not like Publishers Clearing House, but it's almost that big.
0: <laughs> almost that big. Got it. Almost um, that big. So Bob, speaking about donations, if a church or someone wants to bring you some pre-cooked meals uh, or any other faith-based organization wants to bring you those meals, could the American Red Cross accept and distribute those?
1: No, we are bound by um, the laws and regulations of the health departments, national and local. So we can only really accept uh, food uh, from people that are qualified with uh, a... Uh, health department inspection. Now, if a church has a Wednesday night spaghetti supper or Friday night fish dinner uh, that they do all the time and they are qualified by the um, by the uh, health department, local health department, they may uh, be able to cook for us. Um, In that case, I would Highly recommend them contact um, the local Red Cross chapter or the the job itself um, to find out exactly what we what we need. One of our provisions in the Red Cross is everybody is treated the same. Everybody gets the same. Uh, doesn't matter if you're Bill Gates or somebody that lives on the street. Um, you're still going to get the same services. Uh, so. When a when a individual or a church or something comes in and brings us fifty meals, it's hard for us to to uh, work those into our schedule uh, with every with everything else because they may bring in I don't know uh, something in particular and we're serving something else so for us to serve those 50 meals out kind of goes against our our principles and and our rules. Um, But we may be able to work out with them on something um, in a smaller area like a shelter or something like that um, to where there was a limited number of people that we were doing. But again, they need to um, work through their local uh, chapter or the job Or uh, you know they can contact uh, a group like y'all's who would then know where we are and could contact us um, to to work with us on what they were going to provide. But other than that, all of our food has to come from um, health inspected um, kitchens.
0: Put that way. So Bob, who helps distribute the food, and can people join your team? And would it be better for them to join now or should they wait for a disaster to occur?
1: Well, uh, of course, I'm always going to say it'd be better for them to join now because we can use them to do other things. Um, um, but uh, we use um, a lot of our people come in. Uh, if we are using a nerve, uh, we have a two man crew or two woman crew um, come in to run that vehicle um, for a. Uh, you know, whatever their length of time is. But at the same time, we also can use local volunteers. Um, We could use them as what we call the third seat um, because in a lot of cases, it does us a good job to have somebody local on the um, earth because a lot of times in a hurricane, there's no street signs. So we're just kind of wandering around. And if we have somebody that knows where the locations are, that works. They could join as a either a Red Cross volunteer if they want to join now and and get some training, or uh, we do accept during large disasters. We will accept um, uh, what we call spontaneous volunteers, um, which would be people that uh, come in and work with us for a couple of days or or something like that. Uh, something in the in the now. I will say that it will be because of our partner kitchens. Um, normally, we don't take people to come in and, and say they want to cook um, because somebody else is running that. But a lot of people can come in and serve. They can either serve at our locations or or serve on our trucks or help us distribute through, uh snacks and water, that type of thing. Um, but we can use them as, as spontaneous volunteers it's a little easier for us to use our trained people because they know what we're what our acronyms are and what uh, what we're talking about and how we're going to act and usually uh, they have more time if they've committed to the Red Cross. Um, it is tough for us to take somebody that says, I have half a day to come in and put them on a food truck because that truck may be running all you know, all afternoon, but that does not mean that we're not gonna take spontaneous uh, volunteers. We will give them a very quick um, training program to make sure they're doing right. And they're using the the PPE that we use or the personal like gloves when we serve. Um, And then we will use them. And uh, we're always glad for people to, uh, to volunteer.
0: Awesome. All right, so Bob, kind of a wrap-up question. Is there anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to mass feeding or disaster work that Red Crest does immediately after an incident occurs?
1: Um, You have two or three days on what we do. (laughs) I mean, basically, we do a lot. We've talked about shelters. We've talked about feeding. We have a a group that um, will run with the, um, what we call, what we call, I will say bulk distribution, but I think it—we've changed our name now to uh, uh, delivery of emergency supplies. But it's basically things like tarps and rakes and water and stuff like that that we will run through the neighborhoods. People get um, our Irv drivers, uh, our food vendors. They work as the eyes and ears for us because they are on the streets. They know uh, what people need, and they will come back and report to our what we call caseworkers, which are people that work with uh, uh, clients after uh, the fact to maybe help them with um, things in their houses or, or find out where they're at. Um, we have logistics people that, you know, they, they warehouse all this stuff and they keep it for us. And that's a good area for local volunteers to come in if they just wanna come in and work a couple of days. We're always shifting stuff around. Um, other than that, I mean, it's basically, we're just, uh, we are a giant corporation that comes in, starts uh, up in uh, one day and goes for three weeks and then uh, goes away, hopefully three weeks, but we'll be there as long as people need us. Um, the, the feeding may uh, hopefully will end, sooner than the rest of the job because if it does that means the powers come back on the infrastructure is back people can get to the grocery store uh you know they can start taking care of themselves and they don't they don't need us and they don't have to carry around that little bottle of tabasco sauce you know (laughs) uh, they can use it at home but um uh you know there's a there's a lot to do there's a lot of different versions i will make the pitch that If anybody is interested in joining the the Red Cross, um, give us a call, we can explain all of it. We have a whole bunch of different things that people can do. It's not all, um, a lot of it is behind the scenes. Feeding and sheltering are two of the areas that um, you are actually in the um, disaster. You're talking to the people. it is somewhat stressful from time to time, but uh, you know there's a lot of back backroom jobs too that that need to get done and and then support those two groups. So, um, give us a call if you need if you want to volunteer and and we'll uh, see about giving you some training and stuff. Other than that, um, I'm sure somewhere you and Seth are going to want another podcast. So. We'll, we'll save another division for that let me put it that way
0: <laughs> I love it it's like a little teaser Bob it's there i could get, you. you could do my job I love it um but you're <laughs> right I mean I have per- personally seen a Red cross disaster response operation and it is incredible I mean the amount of people that just kind of swarm together that are all like-minded and want to be able to just truly help people is pretty incredible and I've really enjoyed watching Red Cross come in and do exactly what they do, disperse all the food, all the bulk distribution items that you had talked about. It's it's pretty awesome to look at. So thank you so much for joining us today, Bob. I'm sure, like you said, we're going to have you back because you are a resident expert on all things Red Cross, even if you're from a remote destination today.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate y'all doing this because of if we get the word out, it helps more people if they know what's what's happening beforehand. And and again, we won't have any hurricanes come through Chatham County.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, knocking on all of the wood. Perfect.
1: Everything seems to be going up through the Gulf this year. So we'll let we'll let we'll let them keep on with that.
0: Yeah, I'm not mad about it. I'm sorry if anybody's listening from the Gulf Coast, but we're not mad about the fact that the hurricanes are heading out that way and not coming towards Chatham County. But all right, well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Listeners, be sure to tune in next week when we have a very similar conversation with another powerhouse nonprofit, The Salvation Army. So be sure to tune in. We can compare and contrast. We can talk about how these different organizations work together and how they each have their own mission of what they're trying to accomplish. Until then, listeners, see you guys. Bye.
1: Bye.